0: Trust the only payment solution developed for attorneys and recommended by 47 state bars. Law pay. Much has been said about technology, like artificial intelligence, leading to fewer attorney jobs. But some have suggested that the offerings create other jobs, where law degrees are either required or preferred. I'm Stephanie Francis-Ward, and on today's episode of the ABA Journal's Asked and Answered, I'm speaking with Shannon Capone-Kirk. She's an e-discovery counsel at Ropes & Gray and she'll be talking to us about opportunities to get hired for jobs like hers. Welcome to the show, Shannon. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. Can you tell us, how did you get your job? Sure. So I graduated in
1: 1998 and I became a regular litigation trial attorney associate. And in about 2005, 2006, I got a case um, involving backup tapes. And it was a long, arduous process where we discovered piles of backup tapes in a warehouse in Alabama. And that caused a lot of motion practice and a lot of education on our part, because up until then, we really had only been dealing with paper documents. And so coming out of that case and dealing with that, I just sort of became my firm's technology person just simply because of that case. I. Um, then created our e-discovery committee at uh, my former firm. And then in about 2008, I continued being a trial attorney, of course. In 2008, I got an offer at Ropes & Gray to do only e-discovery and to lead their e-discovery practice here in Boston. And so I took it and stopped being a trial attorney, and now I just do
0: e-discovery. I see. And I'm curious, when you were an associate and tasked to work on the case with all of the tapes, Did they say, here, Shannon, you handle this? Or was this something that you're like, okay, they need a solution here. And this is new. Maybe I can step forward and help.
1: Yeah, it was more like that. Back then I was at a mid-sized firm. So you just got assigned a case and you worked the case. And Mm -hmm. I was the associate and there was a partner. It's different, of course, if you're at a big Amlaw 100 firm where there's massive teams and distinct roles. Back then in a mid-sized firm, you basically just had to deal with a case and whatever mm-hmm. came up, you had to fix it. So that's what happened in that case. We had stumbled upon piles of backup tapes. And the question on the table was, are we really going to spend or are we going to be forced to spend all of this money to restore these backup tapes and review data that's on it?
0: And were you someone who was interested in technology before this? And you knew how to deal with these backup tapes, or you had to go out and learn?
1: No, I had to learn.
0: And how did you do that?
1: Well, with that particular case, I had to learn what even a backup tape was and learn that data is compressed from its live environment and put onto, back then, physical tapes. And then learn how you would go about restoring those to an original operating system and what that meant, and then the costs associated with it. And to learn that, I had to work with experts in the field, you mm. know, forensic technologists, just like if you went to law school. I mean, the, the best analogy, and I use this all the time, is you go to law school and some become medical malpractice attorneys. And it's not because they have medical training, although some do, but, but oftentimes you're just a lawyer. And so how do you deal with the medical issues in your case? You hire an expert or you have a consultant. It's the same thing Mm in e-discovery.
0: And when you were in the moment doing this, did you realize, hey, this might be really helpful to my career? Because there's not a lot of people who are doing this kind of work.
1: Yeah, you know, at the time, as the case wore on, and and we spent about a good nine months to a year going back and forth in motion practice on this, because there was no law on it. And the state court judge, we were in Cook County, Illinois, Ah. had nothing to go on. We had really no precedent. In the middle of it, the big bellwether e-discovery case, Zuba Lake, came out mm-hmm. of the Southern District of New York at the time. And then that became, we had to revise our motion papers because of that case. Mm. So then I became uh, sort of knowledgeable about the only case law on the matter. And as it started to grow, when we, when we went from 2006 to, into 2007, I was then very interested in following then the cases that just kept coming. And so, yeah, I did. I started to see, you know, it wasn't immediate, but Mm -hmm. I started to see over the course of from like 2005 to 2007, my interests were sticking with that legal technology development. And so then, then I started the committee at my former firm and it went from there. I see.
0: Do you have any predictions in the next year or so? Where do you think most of the job opportunities will be? in the legal technology field? So
1: I think that where the job opportunities are now and will continue to be is exactly in the e-discovery legal consulting role, like the one that I have, right? Mm -hmm. There's plenty of corporations that hire for that role and there's also a whole bevy of vendors hiring for that role. Right. And Mm -hmm. that role has morphed from, you know, just simple litigation consulting, right, to Mm -hmm. also being able to really adeptly consult on technology changes for purposes of doing investigations and reviews, and also technology changes that will hopefully soon start to reshape and make information governance itself more efficient. So that's even before you get to litigation, right? That's like a corporation has all this stuff and how to manage that effectively. That has come under the umbrella of Mm e-discovery, even though the term doesn't really quite fit it so well. That's where the jobs are, hiring and information governance, also in privacy and international data privacy laws and technology, all of which coming under this like sort of broader umbrella of technology law.
0: And do you think it's possible if you are a recent law school graduate to get hired for a job in this industry? Or is it more common that someone like you who's been an associate for a bit and they get pulled over maybe to focus more on the technology aspect of the practice?
1: You know, I just um and I've been consulting with a few companies about this exact question, who's mm-hmm. right to hire, right? Uh-huh. So, I don't think that it's realistic or wise actually for law school graduates to think that they're going to get hired straight into the role of an e-discovery attorney. And the reason for that is in order to be an effective e-discovery attorney, You've got to learn what litigation is, first up, first of all, right? You've got to learn what the life, and you've got to live it. It's nothing you can read about in law school, the practical reality of litigation, right? And it's just something you have to do. And if you're going to be an effective consultant in this area, you've got to put in a few years of that with also keeping, you know, if what you really want to do is a technology law job, e-discovery data privacy, data security, all of that, of course, focus your initial years of practice on that. But as I've advised companies, it's just simply not useful to have somebody consulting on these issues who who hasn't done the law, who hasn't
0: practiced. I gotcha. We're going to take a short break And when we come back, we're going to discuss tech-centered LLM degrees and how much they matter when employers are hiring lawyers for technology jobs. Did you know that attorneys who accept online payments get paid 39% faster on average than those using traditional payment methods? With LawPay, the only payment solution offered through the ABA Advantage program, you can accept client payments online, via email, or in person, no equipment needed. Visit lawpay.com slash podcast to sign up and get your first three months free. And we're back. I'm Stephanie francis Ward, and on today's episode of the ABA Journal's Asked and Answered, I'm speaking with Shannon Capone-Kirk, e-discovery counsel at Ropes & Cray. Shannon, you talked to us before the break about the importance of having some litigation experience before you start an e-discovery job. I'm curious, seems like a lot of law schools are marketing LLM programs that focus in technology. How useful do you think an LLM in legal technology is towards getting a decent job?
1: You know, like with any law school or any law school program, the reality is maybe it's a hard reality. It oftentimes depends on what school you go to. You know, Mm -hmm. that's one reality that I think nobody can deny. Getting an LLM in a tech legal program, you know, it might help you in having an edge on a firm that does cybersecurity, they might look at you more favorably and think, okay, this person would be really useful as a first-year, second-year associate in our data breach, data security cases, okay. right? I do think that that could give you that extra added edge. So sort of I'm putting that under the umbrella of tech legal jobs. Is an LLM in technology law going to help you get an e-discovery position? You know, I suppose, yeah, if I was hiring in my group and candidates, junior candidates that I was interviewing were between an LLM and, you know, just sort of a non-focused degree JD, yeah, I'd probably tip more towards the LLM. But to be practical here, I have never had that choice have to come up for me because if I'm going to hire a junior position, it's typically in the e-discovery world specifically and not so much in the wider data breach, data security, but in that more specific e-discovery world. If it's junior, then I'm really looking for somebody who's going to basically help me manage document reviews. And I'm going to guess that somebody who goes through the process of getting an LLM probably doesn't want to have such a narrow role as a junior associate.
0: Do you have thoughts you can share with us about LLM programs focused on legal technology that are well-respected in your line of work?
1: You know, I I honestly, I can't say that I have evaluated any in order to be able to give an opinion on that, informed or otherwise. And I honestly haven't had conversations and maybe this is telling, I don't know. I haven't even had conversations with colleagues of mine in this position at other AmLaw 100 firms about LLMs in this field. It hasn't come up.
0: What advice do you have for an associate who is doing litigation, like you were, who's interested in maybe switching her practice to e-discovery or something in legal technology?
1: What associates have done with me and my firm to get into this field is they seek out e-discovery counsel, which would be me, and typically firms have them, and just ask to work with that person on any given matters or to help with public speaking events, to help with research, writing, papers get published. You know, really anything that throws you in the path of e-discovery counsel is going to get you some work and some experience. What has happened with a couple of folks who have done that at my firm is they get seconded to a corporation sometimes because companies will come to us and ask for a seconded associate to do e-discovery. And the first people I'll look to are those associates who have given me some concentrated time. Mm -hmm. And some have gone on to be e-discovery counsel at major corporations. So I know that that works because that's what has worked. And that's really the best way to get into it, to get into that field.
0: I'm curious, if you are an attorney who has e-discovery experience and that is known, is it common to be contacted by legal recruiters fairly frequently?
1: Yes, I get contacted frequently.
0: Mm. Can you tell me a bit about the pay range for less senior lawyers doing e-discovery work? If it's at a private firm, is it comparable to what the associates are making?
1: Well, it always depends on the firm. But speaking from experience, if you are a junior associate or staff member within an e-discovery team and you're not doing wider litigation or other work within the firm, then you're typically considered firm staff or firm counsel or non-partnership track. So we're talking about non-partnership track. Mm -hmm. And those folks typically make less than your partnership track associates. But it's still a very good salary and it's still a very good bonus at the end of the year.
0: I'm curious, too. If you are a more junior lawyer who can do e-discovery, I'm wondering if maybe there's it might be a little bit more job security or maybe opportunities for you than a more mainstream associate.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that if you're doing well in an e-discovery position, first of all, there's endless work and it just keeps growing. But while your pay might not be as high, you're not going to have the same pressure as the partnership track associates, right, to have Mm -hmm. such high hours. So the hours requirements are usually lower. And there's not the stress of the up and out because you Mm -hmm. are essentially a staff member of the firm. And so in that sense, there is more job security because it's your job. You're established in this position. There may not be as much levels of promotion available. There's some, there's definitely levels of promotion, but typically you're not going to cross-pollinate on over into the partnership track and become right. a partner. It's the trade-off, right, of that constant and steady security versus the sometimes grueling partnership track.
0: Right. What attributes Do you think one needs to be successful as a lawyer working in these fields?
1: Well, number one, you have to be practical. This is the kind of job that you're not going to learn it by reading a thousand books. I mean, you'll be, be nice if you read a thousand books, but you have to be practical, number one. Number two, you have to be efficient and find ways to do things efficiently using technology. Number three, you have to be a huge team player you cannot be the kind of lawyer who is high and mighty, sitting in an ivory tower, commanding people to do things. There many things you will not know in the technology field, and you must rely on your teammates who are litigation technology professionals, forensics examiners, et cetera. A lot of times you have to liaison with client IT professionals, and you've really got to be able to be the kind of person who can create a great team atmosphere to do it right. So those would be probably my top three, practical, efficient, and a really, I know it sounds corny, but you really do need to be a really good team player, project manager kind of
0: person. I see. And that's everything we have time for today. Shannon, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Of course. And listeners, thank you for joining us too. If you like what you heard today, please rate us at Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time for another episode of the ABA Journals Asked and Answered.